This episode of the CreaseCast is presented by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CREASE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping with the code CREASE20 at manscaped.com. This is the CreaseCast. Today is a very exciting day for the CreaseCast for multiple reasons. Uh... Uh, I mean, Cody is not here to celebrate with us, but, uh, it's, so it's just, so it's just me and, uh, my special guest today, Mr. Jacob New, who recently did his Botchford Project, uh, night, and, uh, we're gonna talk about that, uh, but, uh, first thing, there's actually a little, uh, special announcement for the actual, uh, podcast today that I, I get to, that I get to make, uh, we got a sponsor, kind, we got a sponsor, yeah, isn't big that, time, isn't that, yeah, big isn't that time cool? stuff here. Yeah, I am. I I'm very excited to to say that the Crease Cast is is now sponsored by Manscaped. Oh, here I we know. go. Yeah, it's the big yes. time. We've officially hit the big time. Um, yeah, we're officially sponsored by Manscaped now. Um, use code Crease twenty. We'll talk about it a little bit more. There's a an actual ad read later in the show, there'll a, but there'll be ad reads. Don't worry. But just wanted to say that. Uh, hey, it, it only took us a hundred and seventy something episodes for someone to come to come in and be like, "Hey, you're doing what you're doing is okay, I guess. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want our uh, to show off our products?" <laughs> It's pretty exciting. Cody and I were have been uh, have been talking about it quite a bit. We've been pretty excited uh, to get to do uh, to get to do some sponsored stuff, uh, and that means more of the Crease Cast. It means helping us out doing the show. So, uh, and uh, also none of that would be possible without you guys. So, thank you guys for continuing to listen to the show. We we greatly appreciate it. And we also have Jacob here today, uh, who has helped plenty with the Crease Cast. So this is partially you, my guy. This is partially you too. Yeah, I'm sorry you don't I'm get so any honored. free stuff too. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I don't we need can't, free stuff. We're not allowed to. I, we're not allowed to pay the. We're not allowed to pay the guest. The bribe the guests. <laughs> That's okay. I actually I I have competing interests anyways. So. Oh really? Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I, that's all I can say. Oh, oh, and okay. Well, well, I, I, I look forward to seeing what that, uh, finding out what that means. Um, <laughs> but until until that time comes, um. Jacob, you uh it's been about I guess it's been about uh two weeks now or about a week and a half since week and a half, it. week and a half, yeah. Yeah, about a week and a half. Uh since you uh got your Botchford project night. Obviously, Cody and I are both uh are both uh alum alumni of the, the Botchford Project program. So we're always very excited to hear how you guys do. Um and uh you got kind of a hybrid mixture of Cody in my experience because you got the um, cause you got the reg, you got more so the normal media, uh, yeah. media coverage that, uh, I didn't, that myself, Clarissa and Arash did got when we did ours last year cause of COVID mm-hmm. restrictions, but you also, but you did get the, the, the group, the group, uh, elements and everything, yeah. uh, with Madeline and with Madeline and, uh, Adam. So, yes. uh, how, so, uh, overall just like. Go walk us through the experience. How'd it go? Sure. It, it was a real fun experience. Um, you know, we ended up meeting everyone just like same time. We were all scheduled to go around there around like just before 10. So we had morning skate. Uh, we were pretty much it was funny. I was the one that was thrown to the wolves right away to get the interview done first. It's like they, <laughs> you know, we're we're led through the the bowels of the arena to the media room, the Norm Jewison media room, which was it was funny because uh Drance had mentioned that they had just opened it 
the day the day of because it yeah. was the they had opened the arena to full to full capacity and so because of that they were like we're gonna remove zoom availabilities we're gonna go back to in person uh so we went to the media room it was really cool and then within like five minutes maybe not even like seven minutes uh the canucks pr people are like uh jacob you have connor garland right and i'm like yep yeah. they're like he's ready for you i'm like oh here we go so went by really quick uh connor was a great interview got to ask him a couple questions about his first year in vancouver was super fun super interesting super honest about his experience here so far and then after that you know it was just nice having that interview out of the way like uh that was probably one of the things i was stressing out the most a bit or at least just very nervous about uh and then after that it was just more you know you're here for the ride and enjoy it uh we got to the stands to watch the bit of the optional skate for a little bit uh met with trance and pj uh, patrick johnston uh and then yeah we had coach availability a player availability in the morning after that skate and then there was just a giant break in between so it we spent yeah. six hours waiting downtown all of us uh don't live yeah we, we don't really live like not on the outskirts of vancouver like in new west burnaby we live like farther out in different areas so we were like you know what we'll just hang out downtown so we split time between uh, a cafe for about two hours and i got a lot of my interview transcribed during that time then we went to a restaurant for like a lunch type of thing. And then uh, funny story, we were debating whether we wanted to like stay at the restaurant or do something else. So we eventually found there was a showing of Jackass Forever. That was the perfect show time. Like it was at 305. The movie wrapped <laughs> up and we would walk down the arena. It was perfect timing. So we're like, do we want to do this? And we were like, you know what? Sure. Why not? How bad could it be? And it was bad. It was I don't know if I'm going to be ever able to be recovered from that experience. Like it was, it was great. Had to cover my eyes for a lot of it just because I was not enjoying a lot of the grotesqueness of it, but you know, still funny. And uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, have you never seen a jackass movie? Oh no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm a fan of like a lot of their, like, you know, uh, pratfall type of stuff. Like, you know, the, the stuff that's kind of just dumb fun, like not even fun, really just where they get injured. But like so a lot of the stuff, it was just like, you're like, okay, this is where the R rating gets in here. There's a lot of nudity. And it's like, ah, oh. oh, like a lot. Like, like, I think that was probably the, I haven't even seen other ones, but I guarantee you they did not have as much nudity as the one in the newest one. So, and, and, and yeah. that was only the second most, uh, the, the second worst thing you saw that day, which was the Canucks <laughs> game after. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely <laughs> that's a, good disgusting. Way to, that's a good way to think about it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, game, um, for a fan's perspective, it was a terrible game. I mean, they they st stuck around a little bit at least, but like they were down five nothing. I think fourteen minutes into the fourteen minutes left in the second, I think they got the hook that right then for Demko and Halak went in, and they finally you know they they end up losing seven four. They score a little bit at least. That was the one thing that they had that you know there were things to cheer about at least. Um, and then I think um, Jay Pat mentioned on Twitter that all three of our player interviews scored that game. You know, it wasn't really about the win. Yes. They all had very good games to talk about. You know, Garland had a goal, PD had a goal, and Hughes had a goal. So I think, you know, you take away from that, it was a very engaging game, no matter what the score was. I, you know, Drance mentioned that he just wished it was a better environment because, you know, if the, the energy of the building gets really sucked out as soon as they go down like 5 nothing or 5-1. Yeah. So, you know, if they had at least kept it more of a game, at least throughout most of the, you know, the 60 minutes, I think the energy would have, you know, been sustained and everyone would have been having a lot of fun for most of the night. The, the ducks just pouring it on really just didn't help. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the game. And then we ended up going downstairs for post game. 
uh, we didn't ask questions at the same time. You know, it was it wasn't a very good game. So it was kind of difficult. To, yeah. It, yeah. So not too worried about that. And that was pretty much it. Just got left to, to you know, they're like, it's great meeting you. Can't wait to get read out. articles. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Get out. no, they're like, yeah, they're no. just like, get out of here. Get your articles done and bring them back in a day. You know, uh, we had time. Uh, it was funny. I was encouraged to get mine done a little bit quicker just because uh, trade market with Vancouver is a little uncertain with the new management. You never know. All of a sudden, within like a couple of days, rumors can spread or, you know, traction picks up on a person you know possibly getting traded i don't think it'll happen but you never know i think that my article will be up pretty quickly i actually got an email from canucks pr to go over last edits and uh yeah so nice. it should be up pretty quickly it will be about connor garland i can just say all that and yeah i can't wait for people to read it it's gonna be great yeah i think i so yeah because i've done the so obviously last year we i uh i did the zoom interview and we did our uh drawing just off my own experiences with everything yeah. i did also get to do this year uh before because so there's actually been kind of like almost like three phases with the way they've done media this year because initially they were doing it in the media room before and early mm -hmm. on when i had just been hired by canucks army i got to go do one morning skate yeah uh in the in the in the norm jewison media room which i'd never been in yeah. uh and um but uh and so i'd gotten that experience and i uh, and i'd heard from uh uh from jpat before because we talked a little bit before you guys went that you that it was looking like you guys weren't gonna get to do yeah person media room so the fact that yeah. you did is pretty great yeah, uh, and I believe I heard. I believe I recognized a certain voice uh, talking to Bruce Boudreaux uh, in the in the in the press conference. Was there any was there any nerves about uh, about that one about that one at all? Well, uh, I'll just give credit to Drance. He's like, you know, if you want to ask him a question, you, this is your chance. Like, he knew, like, not to say that he knew the Cucks were going to lose. He's just like, you may not get a chance in post game. So if you have something that's interesting that you want to hear from that wasn't asked of other reporters, like take your take your shot. So. Uh, like I said, I was the first one done of my interview. So I'm just kind of sitting around in the, the, um, the media room when Bruce does his availability and then go up to watch a little bit with Drance and, uh, um, who was the other one asking, who was asking questions in the morning, Patrick as well. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I thought in my head, I was like, can I come up with a good question? I figured out, I was looking on, uh, the score, which is like my go-to sports app. They were talking about how competitive the Pacific was. The ducks were in the midst of a four game losing streak at the, at the same time. So I was like, you know, God, yeah. so that was like my question. I was like, you know, Bruce, you talk about it being a competitive division in a playoff race. This, your opponent tonight's lost four straight and, you know, you, how do you go into that game knowing that they're going to be a hungry team in this division that you say is so uh, heated right now? And so, yeah, he gave a great answer about that, how they couldn't underestimate them. And, is, you know, it was vindicated in postgame. You know, they were a hungry. They were the hungrier team of the two. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. that was the that question got in. That was the last one of the morning availability. And then uh, JT went up and I, I didn't have a question for him. And I don't think, uh, you know, I was more interested in getting a question for Bruce anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember mine. Like I, when I talked to when I talked to, uh, I guess the not Travis? the current coach anymore. Yeah, Travis, Travis Green was yeah. still the Canucks coach when I did the in person one, which is very funny to me. That's now. great. <laughs> uh, I didn't ask him a question that time because uh, I was just there to observe. But um, I was just there shadowing a uh, uh, friend of the show quads. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, 
um, when I did the when I did the Zoom one, I've talked about it on the show before. That literally they didn't see because it's a Zoom thing. They don't see your hand go up or anything. Yeah, like that no. And I just was like, oh, why not? I had an idea what I wanted to ask him. I knew my article. I was like, oh, I can, I think I can kind of I could turn this into some. I can ask him a question that relates to my article real quick. Yeah. So I so I did it, and apparently, like uh, Arash was like, we all were just looking at like it was like we were all just like 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 <laughs> wait what <laughs> like not yeah. that I wasn't allowed to it was just like i don't think they expected me to yeah because you you know me i don't really like to i'm very i'm very i have a hard time approaching people but i'm like nope yeah this is, i'm like no this is my comfort zone i'm okay yeah with this. totally in this scenario yeah. i'm very comfortable it was like so it was that it. first nurse for me like not that i like i feel like I don't know about Adam and Madeline. They were, some of them were doing their interviews still. I think they came back and Drance also said like, Hey, like you want to get a question and go. And they're like, no, they were like, I'm good. And I was like, uh, you yes, know what? And at first I was like, chew your head off. Bruce Boudreaux. Who's yeah. Famously very uh, angry, angry coach. Yes. But like for me, I was, I viewed it. I was very nervous. I was like, you sure? And Drance was like, yeah, just do it. I was like, okay, you know what? I okay. formulated a question listening to the conference and I came up with it kind of just on the spot. I felt bad because I almost interrupted um, the, the athletic Anaheim reporter. Cause he had just done the question before me. So like, you know, I wasn't sure when Bruce was finished his response and I wanted to get my question. in. so I feel bad if like, I think there might've, you might've heard like a little bit of like back and forth just before my question. That's just us like, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so really cool experience. Um, the, yeah. that's the one drawback of not having zoom is at least on zoom there's the hand up option there's yeah you just do the hand up you don't get then, to do that in real and then, life um do they have like a canucks pr being like you know lachlan irva and canucks army like yeah, just exactly. do the narration oh i haven't heard that like, one i haven't gotten that one yet so i well saw, yeah i'm still waiting because for my, like you're just waiting for it's like next david quadrill is like david quadrilli nation network uh, thomas trance the athletic yeah they just say that over zoom and they, hopefully we don't have to do that at all it's just they see your face in the media room and you can yeah. just identify yourself if you're new or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and then the one thing I wanted to ask as well is um, when you did your interview with Connor Garland, so did you just get a room? Basically, did they just give you guys basically a room to yourself or like, Oh no. Yeah, or we did it in the hallway. In the, oh, oh, it was just in the yeah. hallway there. It was okay. just, it was so just in the hallway outside the media room. We took, uh, we found two like old Rogers arena, like just, you know, like, uh, well, they brought you a chair. Mean, okay. No, they, no, they, no, they didn't know. They didn't bring me a chair. I just found two chairs. I just oh, was okay. like, they're just sitting there. there. I was like, Hey, why don't we just sit here, put my recorder on, on the, the floor, <laughs> had a notepad. And then I was just like, Hey, Explain so, you know, just want to ask a couple of questions about, chairs. you know, first year, like we talked a bit about him coming over, you know, that uncertainty well, and too much of your article. You don't have to, you, you don't have to give us everything here. Oh, well, I, Hey, I'm giving a little tidbit. Talk about a little bit about Arizona, him coming here with Oliver. Uh, and it was also a good article this morning, actually, I think from Harmon, who talked to Oliver Ekman Larson uh, yes, for the Athletic about him coming over from Arizona, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, mine doesn't focus as much on Arizona. It focuses more on this year. But here, that's right. that's the lead. That's the lead. I'll give you that. There you go. There you go. Um, nice. I look forward to reading it when it comes out. I'm sure we'll share it on the. On oh, of course. I'll be promoting the heck out of it. Of course, for a small fee. No. Time to go on a time to go on like a, you know, there are book tours time for just an article. tour. <laughs> no, no, I don't have a book. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be selling paper copies of my one article. Oh, I I'll see. I was going to say. I was going to say you wrote a, you just write a book about doing the article. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's like, my, my it's day, just, yeah, my so it's like the reporter. Yeah. So it's like, just wait one, one entire book about my Botchford experience and, and become a like, best-selling author. There's like a picture of Connor Garland, but then you in front of it, like, <laughs> like just like, 
<laughs> it's just no, you. Yeah. It's just all about you. Yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, I'm going oh, on the road, no. guys. Like, no, oh man. There's a yeah, merch. There's merch in the store. Uh, buy Creasecast merch. Time that's to make. Budget. Time to make a like a trifecta po- project. Uh, merch. Like you got three Botchford recipients. Time to go for yes. like a trifecta type of merch deal. I don't know if it's a T-shirt. Maybe a, like a drink cozy, oh, God. something. God, it's just like a, cre. it's just like something, it's something really like, it's something really obnoxious. Like, oh, I don't want anything back I'm too to back obnoxious. To back oh, I don't want that. It's like, I, a, it's like I, a world champions. Oh. It's like, uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do like that. The, that'd be like lightning winning the cup this only, year. They're going to do the back to back to back. It would be, be like, very, uh, it'd be very funny in a WWE heel kind of way. But our show's not big enough to get away with No, we're not. Not. We're, we're not what the, the, we have to be the nice we're the nice we're the, guys. We're what, the baby the, faces what do you what would you think we're the 12th most popular canucks podcast out there uh, what do you think if see, you had TTP to be honest number ttp is sixth so i guess we're about uh we're probably about i joked uh, that we're 12th what do you think 72nd uh okay. somewhere, All right. somewhere just around there somewhere okay. around there just check uh 69th actually i think we just moved nice. into 69th recently cool. um um, yeah, and speak. And we should probably talk about the Canucks as well and more some of their more recent endeavors. Um, but uh, before we get to that, one thing we do have to talk about a little bit. Uh, it's the it's this is the bummer part of the day. Uh, is the we talked about it? I touched on it a little bit in the last episode. The U, the Ukrainian uh, attacks on Kiev, um, or the Russian attacks on Kiev, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um. It's been a very interesting week over going on everything. Obviously, very scary, and your heart goes out to everything over there. Um, and I've said before on this show that, like, um, I I'm admittedly like I have a I'm not necessarily the the I'm I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on geopolitical on any sort of geopolitical stories or anything like that because I'm it's just not what I'm it's not what I expect from myself. I'm barely a hockey expert. You shouldn't necessarily. You shouldn't necessarily listen to me on on what's going on in the 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 rest of the world kind of thing in that regard. But like, I think we can offer at least the expertise. And I mean, I don't speak for you, Jacob. You you know, you're you're, you're a much smarter man than I. Um, but uh, in terms of like for myself, like one of the things that's been really interesting, and I'll say like like I guess honestly like disappointing to say to see has been like some of the the takes that people have been giving specifically when it comes to hockey to like the hockey players kind yeah. of like to russian hockey players and how that should be approached like okay there like there's the, the alex ovechkin thing like that's that in itself i feel like is in a slightly different spot of its own just because of the fact that look he there is definitely evidence like there's clear evidence that he's campaigned for for vladimir putin he has actively like supported him it's one thing to be just like a bystander uh it's another Mm -hmm. thing to be actively campaigning for the guy but at the same time like is it is it his job to understand like to understand what's going on in the like to to understand to like have an answer for why this is a problem kind of thing like and do you think you're gonna get a good answer out of him the answer is no because obviously he has family in russia his connections he is yeah he is Morgan on his back like, even people can say all they want that you know he he's super close with putin and other oligarchs and so forth but you know i think people that are demanding like the, the biggest grandiose statement are going to be disappointed either way 
I, yeah. you know, he made, he made a message that, you know, he's against war and there was a whole thing about Dominic, Dominic Hasek, uh, completely disagreeing and saying he didn't go far enough and trying to think of like suspending players contracts, like who are from Russia. And I'm like, this is a little out yeah. far, yeah. Out, out, yeah. far out there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there is what it is. And so I think that, you know, players that have spoken out will, will keep to that. And there might be more that speak out farther. I know Panarin was very much vocal against uh, the Russian government and Putin yeah. as is. And he hasn't talked about it, which is fair. fair enough. You know, he's already has a target on his back as is. So, yeah. And that's yeah. evident. And that's exhibit a of why we shouldn't expect players to go on a, long tangent about why even why the why it's terrible what's going on in Kiev, even if they even if they truly believe that even if mm -hmm. they truly believe that it is because that it is because of the fact that if they do that very much puts their own family at date like at their own family who might be living in russia at risk particularly like in an ovechkin's case that is something right where he yeah. has his wife his kids his parents they all are in russia right mm -hmm. so that has to be taken into consideration it's not like here where it's not like here or even in the states to a degree where it's like oh you can say anything you want about the prime minister or the president within reason and you're i mean under the last u.s president you would maybe get a, a very stupid re response on twitter a very like a, a, a somebody whining in your mentions on t on twitter but you can say that and not necessarily worry for your family's safety if you say something against them right in russia mm -hmm. it's a very different case um and like i think the nhl like the nhl put out a statement uh this week this uh today actually about or uh, sorry yesterday it might have been about mm -hmm. everything that's going on and i think this kind of sums it up very very well um the national hockey league condemns russia's invasion of ukraine and urges a peaceful resolution as quickly as possible effective immediately we are suspending our relationships with our business partners in russia and we are pausing our russian language social and digital media sites in addition, we are discontinuing any consideration of Russia as a location for any future com competitions involving the NHL. We also remain concerned about the well-being of the players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of their NHL clubs and not on behalf of Russia. We mm. understand they and their families are being placed in an extremely difficult situation. And so here's the thing, right? Like the NHL not usually known for not generally not known for having good nuanced uh takes on this sort of thing um i would say this is actually pretty good like this is a pretty good like this is about as good as i think you can get here like it's more than i expected out of them because mm -hmm. like they're they're doing all the right things in this particular case they're acknowledging like okay this is a huge thing we're going to take we're going to punish russia in our own way by giving by taking away some of the things that they gain that they gain from us uh promoting from us uh promoting their athletes in their own country and everything mm -hmm. but we're not holding that against the athletes and there is like there's a fine line that has to be juggled here i think anyway um where that some people have been very much lost on like you mentioned dominic hashik like so, some of the things dominic hashik has said recently i've agreed with that was not the one where he's like they should send all the players back to russia and revoke their their yeah. contracts was not one of them mm -hmm. um there was another thing i think the chl apparently was going to have a meeting basically banning russia 
Russian imports? and Belarusian player import, like oh, imports from the league, mm-hmm. which is the dumbest possible thing you could do. Because as somebody very, as I think it was Jay Fresh pointed out very accurately, Russia would love that because then keeps them younger domestic. players. Because then, yeah, young yeah. players would not have any way to would not have any other junior development possibilities other than staying in the KHL and potentially not getting the um the the amount of development that they need and basically mm-hmm. just being for handcuffed into staying uh yeah. in their current situation which is a terrible way which is a terrible way to approach things and so many people are like there's a huge difference between this is the thing that I think pe- some people need to understand is there's a huge difference between say banning a national program a nationally run government run program from competing or hosting major events that has a direct connection to the government making these decisions as opposed to saying we're going to ban everybody from this particular country from playing in our league or doing any sort of thing in this thing Mm. and because whether or not like whether or not they agree with what's going on you 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 straight up can't just ban somebody like think about it you can't just ban somebody for where they come from like you can't do that and like it's one of the and it's like it's a it's a weird gray area i guess but like at the same time you have to think about it in the same sense of like imagine if we were talking about like somewhere else right like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like you you cannot just ban people based on where they come from they didn't have a choice especially like in the case of like the import draft where it's like literally kids who have never voted who have literally no absolutely nothing to do with what's going on mm-hmm. why are they being punished for a situation that they had no like no uh say in they weren't they didn't choose to be born where they were so yeah. you can't you can't hold that against them and you can't be like revoking contracts or stuff like that there are a lot of things you can do that is like banning people from doing things like just because of they happen to come from a certain country is clearly wrong like that's clearly wrong it doesn't matter it doesn't matter there are things like um i think they're the khl dynamo riga just pulled out of the khl like in that crit pulled out too joke i think I think Jokerit, I think for now, I think they just, I think they just gave their players who wanted out and out, like for no, like a a no questions asked kind of out. I don't know if they're planning to pull out themselves. They probably should. But like, see, that's a case where it's like, okay, that is actually like, that's one of those things where it's like, see, that's like proactive. Like that's an actual thing of, oh, we're not going to take part in help make a Russian government money by yeah. playing in their sec in their bit in their it all it also league. you it even all- talk about the business side of it like the ruble is absolutely in shambles yeah. the discussion is you know like with the khl like what is the future of that league in the geopolitic with this geopolitical turmoil going on it'll be interesting to discover like it, you know if more teams from the khl pull out do they form and try to do like some sort of champions league or a united european league because there are a lot of leagues in Europe, you know, there's the, the there's the Dell, there's the SHL and so forth. What would it take for those leagues to possibly amalgamate into some sort of like United uh, EuroLeague to be that dominant second hockey league uh, below the NHL? My one, like I've heard that, that idea tossed around. Um, my one worry with that is because of the way that Europe, European sports are structured. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this in itself is a whole other conversation we could have, but mm-hmm. like, um, the way European sports are structured, right? It's a lot. They have the rel- they they all use more or less. I think they, with the exception <laughs> of the KHL, they, they love relegation. Use, 
they use the relegation mm -hmm. promotion program and they can do yeah. that because it's a lot more of a spread out like uh population rather than like the the density is much more is much less so in a way like like it's one of those things where it's like there's way more people in london london but london is also like way huge is also like mm -hmm. way huge so like you can have but what how many soccer teams are technically in london like seven english Premier league teams but like they're nowhere half of them are nowhere near each other like it's yeah. one of those things where it's just like it's spread out enough that you can like have a lot of teams in certain areas and also small towns can support um bigger like support large largely ran large um uh large professional teams mm -hmm. my biggest worry with if they mesh them all together is that they would maybe go okay we're gonna take the five most profitable from sweden five most pop profitable from finland and then essentially all of a sudden like a bunch of smaller town uh teams that were in that had their own professional league uh suddenly get like suddenly get kicked to the curb that's my biggest worry enough, i don't yeah. know how if there's enough teams I mean, maybe they can do it all. Maybe they can have them all. Maybe it's a little bit more CHL style where they've got yeah. them all kind of playing separately and then they meet for something in the middle. They could do something like that or too, there's like, yeah. Or it's more like baseball where it's like you play most of your games within a league, but then there's inter-conference yeah, inter or inter-league. Inter-league inter games. Yeah. Inter-league games. Like that, like something. And then they meet and then the playoffs uh, push them all they, together yeah, kind of thing. Essentially. Like, that's that would be my only concern is just like I would because I love that idea. I just would be worried about, oh, it does this. How how would this net could this negatively impact, say, like a small check Chechnya, Chechnya team or yeah, like, a, sure. you know, yeah, or something because like Jokerit's going to be fine. Like yeah. Dynamo Riga is going to be fine. Uh, just about any team in the SHL. They're going to be fine. Yeah, like, fine. yeah. And yeah, like hopefully the teams that don't have any sort of Russian connection, hopefully they like, hopefully they go, yeah, we're not going to take part. In, like, hopefully they all walk out of the KHL. Cause like, mm -hmm. yeah, like clearly there's, there's definitely direct ties from the KHL to the Russian, to the Russian uh, government and everything. Right. Um, I believe, I believe Putin's company owns one of the teams. So like, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely get out of there um yeah it's it sucks what's going on obviously um uh we won't dwell on it too much longer here uh it's just a all around it's just a bad time like it's it's it feels yeah. like uh i've seen like the the meme i guess where it's like like i'm tired of living through multiple once in a lifetime uh, no tragedies. it's the uh i really wish i weren't living through a major historical event right now button yeah that it's like every single like every single month yeah. it seems like you're doing that and it sucks um some are getting better, obviously, with like the mask, like obviously like um, outdoor, like uh, COVID is getting a lot better. Obviously, mandates are getting lifted in a mm -hmm. lot of places. So that's yeah. great. But yeah, it just feels like a never ending just cycle of bad times. Mm. And that's not even including the Canucks losing uh, seven to two to the hey, New Jersey hey, Devils. They, they beat the Rangers. You didn't they talk did about the that Rangers. last that's, episode. That's so we're going to cover that and their Devils lost. Yeah. That, yes, that's very true. It's finally time for this hockey show to talk about balls.
That's right. Support for the Crease Cast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you, CreaseCast listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CREASE20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. We at the CreaseCast are so excited to have Manscaped on as a sponsor, especially because they have graciously sent Cody and I our own performance package 4.0. We each got our own. Not We're not sharing one, just to, just to be clear. Um, I look forward to this day more than any Amazon package that I have ever ordered. And that is because this comes with the Lawnmower 4.0, which is a fourth generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And it also has a 400K LED spotlight. You need to have a more precise shave. It also came with their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner, ooh, fancy. And it came with a charging stand as well as a couple free gifts, including these lovely manscaped undies check those out and a travel bag to put all of those goodies in and and that's not all and they're not we're not just talking about the downstairs here we're also talking about the upstairs like the weed whacker the electric nose and ear hair trimmer i cannot wait to get to use all of these manscaped products and you can use them for yourself too by going to manscaped.com and getting 20 percent off and free shipping by using the code crease 20 that's c-r-e ASE 20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So I guess we'll, we'll start, we'll kind of, we're going to kind of mesh them together, but yeah. in the sense of like, I, I, I said this on Twitter yesterday um, it, with the Canucks, there is something very comforting to me as somebody who lived through the eras of like the West coast express teams, yeah. the like Dan Cloutier, uh, you know, Sammy Sala, Matias. Er, those early to mid city years. Yeah. Yeah. Like the early to mid city years. To right, 08, 09, right, to, yeah. right to like, I, I would say it ended right. I, I mean, I guess it technically ended the year that Trevor Linden and Marcus Trevor Linden retired and Marcus Nasland went to the Rangers. So that would yeah. be like, uh, oh, nine. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, the yeah. first two years with Lou, because like, even when he was there, like, even when he came in, like it was clear that he was kind of the, the duct tape holding it all together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a little bit, a lot. He was, he got heart trophy votes in 07 and didn't win. What a joke. Um, <laughs> Any he, he literally okay. He literally had second finished second place in the Vesna and the Heart, and somehow didn't win either. I I will never not forgive the NHL and for not for denying him two different awards. How do you like? How does he not like? If you're voting him for the Heart, if you're seeing he's gonna get second place for the Heart, how are you not like? Huh? Maybe you should win the goalie award instead. Like, come on. <laughs> Who won the Vesna that year? Martin Brodeur, like of, uh, because of course he did. Of course it was the Devils. Of course, it, of funny. course it was the Devils. Of course it was the guy who got famously had his stats buoyed by playing in front of like one of the best defenses of all time. Like mm-hmm. goddamn, like yeah, classic, classic Luongo never gets anything the never gets anything the easy way. Uh, always had to take, always got the hard way around. Um, Let's get back but, uh, to the enough, uh, to enough that, about uh, my era. personal yeah. tra- enough about person tragedies that are personal to me. Um, 
just like there's something very comforting about in a way about watching the Canucks go and obliterate a team that they have no business winning a game against like the New York Rangers, the team that's or the F- clearly, Calgary flames or yeah. the Calgary flames. That's clearly in a battle for a play. Both are clearly in playoff contention. They're clear. Yes. One, the flames are more, are a cup contender more so than the Rangers, but the Rangers are definitely in the, the hunt and have a good shot at making yes. it. So playoff the, caliber teams we're talking about. Yeah. They have yeah. caliber teams and then immediately going and getting their asses handed to them on a platter by the New Jersey Devils, <laughs> by Nico they Dawes. Have, uh, their record, tender. I think, is like what? It was 16-23 and something last night. I double-checked. Now they're at 17, obviously, with their win. But yeah, they are in the red. They're, they yeah, score they're, a lot recently. They're on a bit of a scoring uh, heater right now, but they are not in a playoff spot whatsoever right now. Yeah, make no mistake. They're not a bad team, per se. No, it's not at all. It's more so that... It's weird seeing how like well they're not great. I shouldn't say they're they're not they're they're, they're they not have great. pieces. I mean, they're nineteen and thirty, so they're not they've got, that good. They, they got have a three ninety eight, which is kind of Hughes. shocking. Yeah. Uh, for for comparison, the Canucks are at a five twenty seven. So mm-hmm. like, oh my god. Um. So actually, yeah, they're not doing super great. Um. But like the Devils have pieces there. They have two of the Hughes brothers. They've got. They don't have the best one, but they have two of. Them. They have two of them, and, and not and not and they don't aren't use a lot utilizing one of them yet. Yes, so God. you can only imagine them when they're at uh, twice the power of Hughes. Well, un- until double they trade the Hughes for, until they trade them all for J.T. Miller. Um, th- th- that would actually be a that actually be a, a not too bad. They wouldn't trade. do like, that. They wouldn't do Jack, that. Jack and Never. Luke Hughes for J.T. Miller straight up. That actually no. sounds not too bad. I mean, I it sounds good to you, but they will not accept that. It would <laughs> no, be, they would. It would be like J.T. and three firsts if the team was going if the team wasn't good for those two. If they That'd were actually in a playoff, if they were actually kind of like in a playoff spot, maybe they'd do it. But no, like, where not they are even, now, even no, if they, they were in a playoff spot, they would not do it. Jack is the future of that team. I, I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I guess so. But like after at that the same stick, time, they after, don't have much. They don't after have that stick toss celebration that kind of cemented him in Devils like lore in his first like season. I was like, yeah, they're keeping him. They're never trading him. And even then, like the only way he leaves is if he leaves in UFA. They, yeah. They're not trading him. They will try to get Quinn, or they got they got a loop as well. Very dead. They, so they ain't getting. They ain't getting. Uh, they ain't getting Quinn. I don't want uh, them to get Quinn. I'm just saying Jack yeah. is sticking around in, yeah. in New Jersey. Uh, well, you never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, the like. Okay, I feel really bad. Like uh, harping too much on Yarrow Halak um, after that game, but. And, and I know a lot of people like uh, uh, Riley Miner made a really good point on Twitter where he was mm-hmm. talking or they were talking about yeah. um, how, hey, like like the thing that I've talked about plenty of times before where it's like, hey, like if you have a backup goaltender, you need to still play him with regularity and you can't. So you're you and you can't be surprised if after nearly a month between starts when you start playing them again, they're suddenly not good. Like mm. you can't, you can't expect that now. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of like as an addendum add on, like, I think that like every goaltender is different. Every goaltender is unique, but he is very right about that. Or they're very right about that when it comes to Halak because mm. Halak in himself, in, in itself 
is a goaltender that plays best when you give him a lot of reps, when he keeps getting those chances in between. Like if you I give him a lot was... of starts, he really can get into a groove. That's what yeah. I found for a lot of his seasons where he was a backup and it was usually not like a one, a one B, but kind of that one a C where he got at least almost a third of the starts. Like he can play pretty well. Yeah. Especially Heck, with the Bruins it? last year. You see, you see it in the microcosm, the microcosm of that when he plays. Like he's often a very slow starter. Yeah. Like you'll notice that he gets in a lot with uh, the Devils game being kind of one of the outliers there. Halak generally gets better as the game goes on, because he get once he starts to get a feel for the puck and the and the pace of play, he gets a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually that means the first couple minutes could be a bit of a tire fire. If you're not careful, which uh, if the D doesn't get all of Larson and Tyler Myers were definitely not helping. Oh uh, man. That was their that worst was game. One. That was, that was a bad their one worst. From them. Yeah. That was their worst game by a country mile. And I'll, and I'll give them credit. I thought that that was what they were going to, I, I was thought that was what they were going to look like from game number one. So the fact that it kind of took this long for them to have, truly like a straight up abysmal game to the point of where it's like, Oh, it is clearly you guys clearly cost us multiple goals. Yeah. Like for it to cut that long, I'm honestly like, ah, you did a lot better than I anticipate. You've done a lot better this year than I anticipated. I'm willing to give you a pass on this one. Um, But as far as like Halak is concerned and as far as the Canucks are concerned, like the problem is like, you can't trust right now. The big concern is you can't trust Halak to go into games at all. Even with no. all of that said, because he's the last two games he's played, he's gotten hooked. And in his last three games, he's batting a save percentage of, I, I believe uh, Daniel Wagner said it was like 633. It's no, it was, in the no, it was, it was, uh, it was the new lotto line as I coined it on Twitter. It was the 0.649. I was like, That's yeah, right. we don't need, we don't need a Miller Pedersen, or sorry, Besser Miller uh, Pedersen Miller was, line. We got we got the Lotto line with Yaroslav Halak. I said he was Lotto Slav Halak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I got I got booed. Uh, and and, but, and I, I took it even a step further because it was we didn't even talk about that was a game he got paid his bonus for. It was his tenth start of the right. season. Got, contractual obligation. It, he got um, the he got the one million dollar guaranteed prize draw. As I said. So one point two five million dollars uh, to Yaro for that performance, not a good look. Yeah, not a good look at all. And the now the one night, if there's one bright side out of the fact that he got paid his bonus, yeah, it's that maybe it'll mean they'll just start playing him more regularly anyway. Because it's like, oh, what's there's nothing. There's Wait, no the can, you, you, that you mean the Canucks will play him more regularly? Yeah, just in the sense of like, I think the biggest reason why they t- took, why they went so long in between starts beforehand when he was actually doing okay was because they didn't want to pay out the bonus. And I don't think it was know. about the bonus. I thought Demko was just on a heater and they were more along the lines of we'll play Yara when we have to, but Demko's the guy. But I don't think they're going to play him more regularly in this case. If those last two games prove anything, I think they're going to be more tempted and careful if he plays well, if he ends I, up playing another like game where he blows that many goals through that quickly and it's not his fault it's a lot of it, it's just bad coverage from defense but if he gives up another game where they're trying to stay close in this tight playoff race he he could lose them a spot a potential spot sure but the problem is you have to at some point 
because you do have you? to play. You have yes, because you've got you got Spencer Martin in Abbotsford. Well, you could do that, but the thing is, still at the end of the day, most likely if you're the Canucks, you're still going to try and move him at the deadline if you can. Sure. So you probably need to up that trade value somehow. You're not going to do enough. that with him on I, the bench. Fair enough. You're right. I just, I don't know. Like you just hope he will, can play better to up that trade value. But if anything, you know, everyone was joking about literally his trade value has plummeted. And, you know, oh, yeah. he's not even, he's not even, he probably just like, you know, everyone was like, Yara's not, doesn't want to get traded. Rick Dollywell was all about, you know, Yara's not going anywhere. He has the no trade clause. Like, you know, <laughs> Yara was looking at the bench, I think on the fourth goal and Bruce kept him in I think one more and then he finally pulled him and there is a whole debate about whether he should have pulled him given it was the second of a back-to-back and they should have given Demko the night off but you know I I you wonder if uh if it keeps going the same way if Yara's like yeah just right. just send me somewhere that's nice and sunny nice nice sunny. weather nice weather uh, in the spring. Edmonton enjoy oh, Edmonton yes solve uh, all the Edmonton problems yes in one fell swoop yes like um, I'll, and I'll actually answer, I'll actually answer the, the backup question, like in terms of, uh, what you do, I think, I think when it comes to like, okay, the sec, like I, John Garrett talked about on the broadcast, the second, the goaltender starts looking at the bench. Yeah. So, yeah. Pull him. yeah because they were talking about this like, on the, sh- on the show and Donnie and Dolly I'll, today as well. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, I'll say for me, I've, like I'll say in my like personal experience as a goaltender, like I've always found that like every goaltender is very different on what they want to do in a game where they're having a bad night. Mm-hmm. Like for me personally, I, I think I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, me personally, when I played games, if I was having a bad game, I always wanted my coach to leave me in for the whole game. Even if it was like, if, if really? it was clearly mm-hmm. a lost cause, like if the game's clearly not going to, like if there's nothing we can do about winning this game at this point, like if it's yeah. clearly already kind of signed, sealed, delivered a little bit, I would, yeah. I want them to leave me in okay because i feel like i'm gonna get more confident i'm gonna rebuild my confidence much more out of staying in the game and finishing with a strong effort than getting getting the hook and having to sit with it for the rest of the night whereas uh in my last like one of my last real competitive seasons my goaltending partner he was the guy he was the opposite he was a guy that when he was having a bad night he wanted the quick hook he just wanted it he wanted it done like he was just like no he's he's just like i'm done He's like, mm-hmm. no, I need, uh, nope, it's not my night. I'm done. I can reset. Put me on the bench. Yeah, so I can next just start. Reset. Gotta so I can get reset ready. Yeah. And, yeah. And okay. that was kind of, and so, and we we're each just different in that regard. And it worked out very well that way. I think that's, and I, in Halak's case, clearly it, he's more of the guy that wants the, would rather have the hook on a bad night. Whereas yeah. like, I don't know. I, and I don't know Demko per se. I think Demko is kind of a little bit more leans towards my my style where he's a little bit more of the no, just leave me in. He, I think he leans going. towards that. I don't think he would say leave me in the whole game. Like, you know, yeah. botch for night Nana when we were playing Anaheim. He got the pull, I think, on the fifth goal. And I think it was five one. 14 minutes left in the second. So it's still half the game to go. And I don't even know if it was even him just looking at the bench. They're just looking at it being like, hey, we just need to get into fresh body in there. And yeah, uh, yeah. I was also get more yeah. Yara, get Yaroslav a, a little bit of uh, extra breathing room in terms of his play time as well. It wasn't a start for him, but it gave him a little bit of um, practice as well. So, yeah, my biggest worry right now, though, when it comes to the way that they're deploying the goaltenders, like mm-hmm. let's say for let's say let's say by all intents and purposes, they 
they they don't move Halak. Halak's here to stay. I don't yep. think you're gonna. I don't think you can play. Obviously, I don't know if there's any real serious way you can move, say, Yarrow Halak to Abbotsford and bring Spencer Martin in. So you're kind of in this. You're rotating board. three goalies essentially. Yeah, essentially, if you can do that. Um, well, and, I mean, you could always. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you'd be rotating well, three goalies on your on your NHL roster. One in the press box. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and my biggest concern right now, though, for the way the season is going, especially because, again, like, we can talk about how the Canucks are a playoff team based on a couple games all we want, but, mm. like, I, I, you know, and to be fair, they're not, they're not that far out. They're, they're not, like, on paper, they're not that far out. Like, Vegas is currently holding the last wild card spot, surprisingly enough. That's, that's a new uh, right development, now. yeah. At, they with dropped 60, out a little bit with 62 points um and uh the Canucks have 58 so they're only four behind the Knights do have two games in hand two. Though, okay which is the which is the kicker there however like so they're not like but they're not crazy out of it okay. the problem is that the Canucks clearly aren't that like good enough to win games when <laughs> Demko isn't playing. No, he and needs Demko to be is, Vesna not Leva, only when Demko Leva. isn't playing, when Demko isn't playing at absolute yeah. mad lad level, yeah. which is most nights, but sometimes it isn't. And sometimes my, you just get Demkoed. <laughs> for me, the biggest worry, the the worst possible outcome the Canucks could get here is finishing either in kind of that first second wild card spot or getting near it. Uh, and, or like, and pushing hard for that spot. And then Demko gets hurt before the end of the season because they've overplayed him. And now all of a sudden, either, not only are you either, either you make it, either you make it in without your number one goaltender by the skin of your teeth, only to get absolutely slaughtered by like the Colorado avalanche or something in the first round or or Calgary or something, or 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 even worse you end up in a situation where you just miss where you just miss and you have the worst odds in the lottery and now your goaltender might but depending on how severe the injury is like an injury might be like you could be starting next year without him my biggest yeah. worry is mostly just about how do you make sure that you preserve demko for ne- that you preserve your goaltender and don't overcook him before you get to game, before you get to a point where it really matters that he's at a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't want them to get into this habit of playing him a thousand games a season, like or playing him way too much. Yeah. Um, and especially in games that have little to no impact on their future, only for him to let and it potentially coming back to bite them in the ass. Like I've the 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 example I always come back to is with Cam Talbot in the Oilers when he had that one great season, but they played him 72 games mm-hmm. and, and plus playoffs. Mm. And then the very next year, he's absolutely burnt. Like they like, and it snowballed into years of him not being able to be the same goaltender that he was because he lost his confidence. Yeah. He didn't even get hurt. He just lost his confidence because he was so burnt out from the previous year. He was already gassed. Was that like, the uh, year they played San Jose in the second round? 
In the first round, yeah. First round, first sorry. Game. And then they lost yeah. to uh, Anaheim, Anaheim, I think. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, like, it was one of those cases where it was like, uh, like Cam Talbot lost, I would say, honest, like two, three years out of his uh, best, uh, two potentially of his best possible years out of his career simply because they overcooked him in the first one. And yeah. my biggest concern is just like, what if they burn out Demko before he really, they really need him there? They really yeah. need him to be at that like Vesna trophy heart trophy caliber best. So I'm just of the mindset of like, I'm not saying obviously don't play him, play him a bunch. Just yeah. don't overplay him. You that's gotta be, they gotta be very concern. careful about how they deploy him. And that's going to be interesting. I yeah. think they which do right have now, quite a few back to backs as well, which, you know, yeah. obviously they don't want to like, that's just for the rest of the season. Obviously they are not going to want to get in a situation where they have to play Demko and back to backs. That's just going to add on to a possible pressure cooker situation yeah. if he gets injured. But at the same time, like does it inspire confidence that you're going to send Yaro Halak in games against non playoff teams and then have games where all of a sudden you're looking at the scoreboard and you're down for nothing before the end of the first or something. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, you know, going down the line, especially it'll be very interesting come the, the trade deadline, especially as you know, that week just beforehand, I don't think the Canucks will make any trades before that last week before the deadline. And if they do, I don't expect significant moves. I think that the new management group likes to see what they have so far and if any trade is happening, it's, it's something that, you know, it's going to be one that sends a player that's on an expiring contract for an asset because they don't think it's going to be worth signing, like a Tyler Mott. I think Mott's most likely to get traded, even though there's a lot of people thrown out saying, oh, they're, it's a big rehaul. Miller's possibly gone. Like, you know, Garland, they're calling on everyone, but I doubt any, there's no offer that's going to just sweep them off their feet and say, yes, big move. Now, here you go. Now, now you do say, now you say that, but. One thing, so yeah, we are technically like fully now in trade deadline season. Yeah, we're coming up like, on this it. Is yep. it. This is it. Um, one thing that did pop up recently, so I think we've talked about it on we talked about it on a previous episode before about the hilarious Larry Brooks article that definitely, definitely wasn't direct from Rangers, ah, uh, yes. Rangers front office in Brooksy. any way, shape, or form. Um, talking about how the Rangers were going to uh, or would not would would never would not start any trade unless would start, would not start any JT Miller trade without unless it's for like Philip Cheadle is their highest will their highest possible asset they'd be willing to give up Philip Cheadle who famous who uh, infamously did was a healthy scratch when the Canucks played the Rangers on Sunday uh, because he has not been good yeah uh, now. Uh, apparently there have been players worse than him and it's weird that, and apparently I guess, according to Rangers people, it's weird that they weren't playing him over some other guys that were in the roster, but yeah. still, um, yes, still, this healthy things- scratch is the only option that they and, will ever trade for JT Miller. Definitely, and, definitely accurate. Yeah. And interestingly enough, since the Canucks played, uh, the Rangers and won that five to two game, which Thatcher Demko was incredible in. And mm-hmm. JT Miller was great, was great. Oh, in. he and kicked butt. He yes. was awesome. With, like great timing. Like talk about perfect timing. Perfect showcase in there. New York, in the in the Big Apple, showing what he can do. Not yep. saying he's going to New York. I'm just saying if New York interested, they, they literally he scored, can. If he can <laughs> get Tyler Myers to score a goal. He can get hey, anyone. Hey, to score a goal. he scored in the same building that his brother 
played earlier that day. There was so the cool. Arash was from very, uh, was very happy about Grimes that. about it. That was I thought yep. was really cool. That was lovely. That, that was, was awesome. that was beautiful. That was that was so, that was hockey is so very beautiful good. sometimes. Yes. Um very rarely, but sometimes. Um, uh, and then of course Alexi Lafreniere scored on his future team, which is a little weird. Which is why I get to this point. Uh Brooke, uh Larry Brooks recently had a new column about mm. the JT Miller saga, and suddenly, very suddenly, whoa, the price has now gone up. The price, the price the Rangers are willing to pay for JT Miller has now gone up to Capo Caco, we're, which we're... <laughs> is not like here's the thing. That's not that's not a like the worst offer I've heard, but like like it's one of those on. things where it's like okay, you're getting close. You're getting you're getting like, up you can, there. I think I think the ca- the Capo Caco the fact that that came out in a column to me anyway shows and we talked you and I talked about this earlier today yeah uh about how the cracks are starting to show on the rangers poker face a little bit here yeah where i i honestly think i honestly think that this is this is i guess this is my hot my my bold prediction here you just talked about how you think no like just about no one that's uh, who isn't on an expiring contract but i also traded yeah i'm gonna say right now i think come trade deadline i think jt miller will be a new york ranger Okay, And the reason that is, is because I think we're very clearly seeing the Rangers starting to sweat a little bit and they're going to start doing just their in their own playoff position in their division or in their own playoff position, as well as their like their own playoff position and their own, you know, they have their owners, James Dolan, uh, notoriously just a swell guy no yeah uh with a big asterisk (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't need to tell you much about james dolan most people are very familiar with his antics if you've ever heard about the if you've ever googled the new york knicks before um it and his band his really weird band um it's one of those things where he is very much a i will spend he the one thing that you can't say about james dolan that he's is that he's not willing to spend a bunch of money on the on the on ice on court product or whatever and look if he wants jt miller the rangers are going to get jt miller it's just gonna come at a massive overpay i think the word also you're looking for is that james dolan is not patient Given James Dolan is he, not patient. That's he, a correct. Uh, there were that major moves correct. in the Rangers, essentially, where I think the president and GM everybody. both got fired because they were not willing to be on the same side, even though technically the Rangers were looking in a good spot. Like, you know, a lot of Literally. people in the hockey world, they're like, hey, the rebuild's going well. They they were transparent to the fan base and everything. You know, we're Literally starting to rebuild and they were looking the- good. And then all of a sudden, just randomly out of the blue, both gone. So if if James Dolan wants JT Miller, and I not that I believe he does or doesn't, I you know if he does actually want him, he they will try to get him. It will really be it will be interesting though to see what their maximum price is. And as we get closer to that deadline, you, we, we might see more Brooksy columns about you know <laughs> what prices are they willing to throw up there. Yeah, that's we're why Ca- if we're at Capo Caco, are we going to get to Schneider eventually? Or you know, get to Lafreniere. That's Lafreniere. My big what was the other? There was another so, draft pick though. There was oh the, no, it was Kratzoff. There was another one though besides Kratzoff and Shatter. I'm thinking of though. It was uh, there, I think a defenseman. Yeah, there's a couple more in there. Like obviously the one like I, obviously as much as I would love to see Adam Fox in a Canucks uniform, not happening. That's the one. That's that's the one player on that team and like Shesterkin as well. Where I'm yeah. like, oh, there's no way in hell they'd ever let not him happening. They'd ever let him go. Um, nope. 
Keandre Miller, maybe. Like, there's like, I think good, yeah. the Ranger, I think the Miller Rangers, for Miller, one for one. Miller, yes, I'd be down for that. Like, no, that's the, that's you got to add a little more than that. But yeah, yeah I mean, no, you I have to add more. Mean. You have to add more. But yeah. my point is that I like, and I, I was on Sportsnet 650 on Saturday uh, yeah. with Quads in Favor, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to, I didn't say the name on there because i'm i'm not an insider i didn't want to like add too much field of fire with zero intel to back it up but i honestly have this idea in my head where i'm like okay look if you're jim rutherford what's the best way you're gonna sell a jt miller and i talked about this part a little bit on the radio where i was like i think if you're jim rutherford you have to sell this to your team to the players more than you do to the fans themselves because they're the ones who are going to see you moving out jt miller so whoever you get back, you have to be able to go, oh, my God, look at who we got to replace him, right? Yeah. It's one of those things you can't just sell him for draft picks as much as that no, would be no. the most prudent thing to do. Like no, you, you can't like the most in... fiscally responsible. Mm-hmm. The players would be at, like the players would it would be instantly that. like pissed about, about it because yeah, it'd they'd be like, so you tanked our playoff odds by trading away our best player, gave us nothing new to replace him with. And now we're expected. And now the ironic thing, though, you know, the ironic thing, though, is about that is that in previous seasons, they've done like they've stood pat and be like, we believe in you. And then they just don't do it. They they either miss the play. So this would be that would be a different direction for them if they actually traded a player. And I'm not saying that they don't get draft. They 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 get they could get players that would go in the minors because they, they need to develop. But then they go to the players and say, hey, you know what? We thought this year was a really great preview of what we can do in the future but we need to make a move for this organization that sets us up for a cup in the future we don't think the cup is coming this year but you know i I think that's a pretty accessible message to send to them that's you know well that's an excess like it's accessible but at the same time for a lot of these players they've already been around for so long that you can't just go oh it's going to take us another five years so you have to like really give them a this is not instant but it's real close well i well i think those players like if if they bring in like draft picks that are already been made like you know brayden schneider or on those on those levels those are closer i'm not like i'm thinking it would be more of like a like a player and a prospect and a pick not a first yeah probably a second or third i think those trades would work and you could say hey these players are almost here and they are going to bring this team to the next level because yeah, see, like, I think this that, is would be, why, that would work. And and this is why in particular, I'm saying, I think that there's a good, that there's like, again, it's a long shot that it would happen. But if it, yeah. if the, if the trade does, if a trade with the Rangers does happen, I think the best chance of it, where it, of it potentially happening would be something like, yes, we tr- like Jim Rutherford going and being to his players and being like, yes, we traded JT to the Rangers, but here's Alexi Lafreniere to replace him with. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, maybe he's not the better player. Right? Maybe JT Miller is the better player than Alexi Lafreniere right now. But the odds on him being the better player sooner rather than later is much is very likely. Yeah. So that's one of those things where you can sum on. Not only did sure we traded our best player, but we didn't replace him with nothing. We replaced him with a very good hockey player in his own mm-hmm. right, who yeah. maybe can't replicate exactly what he did right now. But down the line, we believe he will be even better. That's why that's why I think something like that is more where this could go if 
if a Miller trade happens. I think okay. I really do think that Lafreniere might be the guy that ends up coming in. Hey, I would be I would be very intrigued by that. I would be very intrigued and curious to see how that works out. Um, and but, again, you know, it, it all it might, matters. May on, not, but yeah, yeah, really. Again, again, that kind of a trade, like I'm not like it entirely hinges on how desperate the Rangers get to make a move right yeah like if they can't because again the canucks are in no position with jt miller to have to accept any trade unless it wows them right so yeah. they don't have to do anything they're not in a rush with that where i will say like you mentioned tyler mott that's the one where i'm like okay i'd be very concerned if they kept tyler mott not because i don't yeah. love tyler mott and i think he's a great player and i think he's really awesome on the fourth line i just look at the future for him and i'm like okay, the amount of money he's going to get in free agency is probably not a, um, an amount you should be investing in a fourth line again, considering this is exactly what happened with the last regime. Mm -hmm. So if you don't trade him and get no assets back in return, I will be a little concerned. So yeah. that's why I'm like, okay, the UFAs are the much more important fish to fry. Yeah. Start working on those guys, particularly guys like, hey, like Yuho Lamico, man. You can maybe sell him for some, Alexi Lafreniere a, at this point. He could point. be getting he's, a payday, though. Like, Yuho, he's, he's been great this last couple the, weeks. The Emperor's new groove. He's had a since he's uh, since he's come to Vancouver. It's been a it's been a good one for the llama. He's having yeah. a he's like he's setting up like Wayne Gretzky. Like the man is the man is in the office. It's yeah. impressive. Um, yeah, one. I think I guess the if there's any like final things to get through here at the end of the day, um. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I I mean, you know, the Islanders are coming up for the Canucks. Yep. Um, obviously, the Islanders gave them a lot of trouble. Halak gave Halak a lot of trouble the last time they played. Yeah. Um. Do like what do you what kind of a game do you expect out of the Canucks against the Islanders? I don't know honestly. Like it'll be <laughs> interesting. Like okay, so Islanders. Okay, they're twenty twenty two and eight. They're out of the playoff spot right now. It's a bit of an interesting scenario for them, given they had such high expectations. They played some of the most boring hockey imaginable to make them to the comp, get themselves to the conference finals and lose to Tampa in previous years. Nightclub. And this is a, this is an underperforming year for them. So yeah. with that in mind and how the Canucks perform with people that they seem to, I don't want to say, uh, did not take seriously or um you know what's the word what's for the phrase they've been using the the compete levels not there the uh um... no 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 it's like uh playing down to their competition that's yes. that's how i like to say it so i expect the islanders i don't think they'll be like a blowout like it was last time i think the islanders win i think it might hey you know what i say it goes to overtime and the islanders win in overtime i think it's gonna be a four three game it's toss oh out my there. god It'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I just see, it's just with those teams that are like below average, not performing well. It seems like they just find the perfect opportunity to, to get up to speed and get in sync against the Canucks. I don't know what it is about the Canucks. They just always find a way to, you know, get, whether it's their preparation or the fact that they're like, Hey, this is a team that constantly cannot always be like, they're not consistent in certain ways so if we strike early and play a good game they can get to them so yeah i'm gonna say islanders four three in an overtime oh wow. full full score prediction all right yeah let's go um yeah for me with vancouver again i'm very much in the case of like i just want to see them play 
consistently strong hockey. I don't care I want, about I want the that results. Too. Mm-hmm. I don't care much. I don't care as much about the results. Like if they lose games, if they lost every game down the stretch, but every single game, the effort was clearly there. The the attention to, to detail was clearly to moral there. victories. Are we? Not so much to moral victories. Like I, it's more about the. I act like I don't. I don't want to watch the Canucks loot. I'm tired of watching the Canucks lose games simply because they didn't put in the effort required to win. Like that's more frustrating than to me than anything. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like they, if they, like, if they're just playing the right kind of like playing properly and they're doing their best clearly and they're not taking shifts off, I'm a lot less like, oh, I'm, I'm a lot less worried about if a loss comes through because I'm just like, okay, you actually put the effort in there. You're just not good enough to compete with these teams. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Islanders, like the Islanders are in a bit of a weird spot right now, because of course they have a lot of games in hand. On everybody mm-hmm. and that's kind of the thing like you mentioned taking the opponent too lightly uh the islanders are one of those teams that are definitely going to burn you on that if you're not yeah. careful because of how like they literally they have so many games in hand on people that like i think the 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 team holding the second wild card spot right now is washington who's yeah. played 55 games the islanders have played 49 so they have played six less games and they're only uh, and they're only, I think, about 10 points behind. So they're like very or not even that like they're not far out. They're it's not very- far out. They are second last in their division. But, you know, maybe they get hot. Maybe the, you know, Barzal and some of the others can put some wins together. I, I don't see them making the playoffs given how they've performed this year. But I can see them getting some wins against some teams that should expect that of themselves like the Leafs or, you know. Washington, yeah. maybe I don't know. Yeah. Or well, they have Elias Sorokin, who's an incredible young goaltender. Like mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to like from him. Um, hopefully, we. I, I mean, I assume we're going to get the goaltending battle again here, where it's going to be yeah. Depo versus Most Sorokin. Likely. Mm-hmm. Um, we were denied that on the Rangers game with a uh, Georgiev coming in to play against Demko. That was a yeah. that was one of those games where it was like you really saw the difference between uh the Rangers when they have Shesterkin and when they have just a regular Georgiev. like a yeah. like a an average go- backup goaltender in net mm-hmm. uh with Georgiev and it's like oh they're very they're very not as good. Like yeah. the Canucks should be looking at that being like oh we're going to take notes on how not to do on not doing this. So it's like <laughs> Cause yeah, like, uh, yeah, the Canucks are clearly have like, again, I don't know how at this point anybody can be looking at Demko and being like, Oh, he's not the MVP of the team. It's like, Nope, he clearly he is. is. He is clearly, cle- is. they clearly can't if win. The games only way him. they win is okay. Not the, <coughs> not the only way they win, but they've won you three know, games without him in net. Like, come on. Yeah. The, you <laughs> know, the only way they win is that he plays average and the team around him plays incredible. Or if he plays incredible and the team in front of him plays above average, if they play average, most of the time it's a toss up or they get absolutely wrecked in the first period and they are looking to come back. I find yeah. at least, and especially the last month, that's been a lot of I the mean, games. Yeah, that's usually about where it goes. Like, I mean, the, yeah. the but like you go back to like eras where like the Canucks would just walk in any game and it's like, oh they have a chance to win tonight. Like, obviously it's been a long time since they've had a team that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you clearly see the pieces there and you're just yeah. like, God, if Demko could just get some, some if damn they could, run support. If, if they on get a some good run basis. support from players in the top and, six, it's weird. You get players like, backup you get, up to dry. it's weird because you get players like that fourth line. What is, what is that fourth line doing? I don't know if they started adding something in their diet, like spinach, Sweeties. keto diet. They were on 
uh, heater. Like they were putting up points. The fourth line was clicking. It was the greatest fourth line this team has seen in maybe a decade. I don't know. But th- then the top six, a lot of the players, they were just, they were quiet. And then until like those blowout games against like Calgary and range in the Rangers, you know, those seven, one and five, two victories players like Horvat, they were struck. He was struggling. You know, he, he was getting into those post-game press conferences with the, with those predestined answers, you know, we're, we're disappointed with the effort, you know, has got to, got to get back to what we know best. And it was, you know, it's, it's hard for him because he's the leader and he wasn't performing, you know, he came to show at least in the Ranger game and the Calgary game. Uh, yeah. But you got to get that consistency in the top six down. Like you can't just rely on uh, fourth liner Yuho Lamico and Tyler Mott to all of a sudden like get a you goal can't? each. Or no, you can't. Why you not? can't. Why not? I why because not? that because your top six guys <laughs> are your top six guys for a reason. So but your bottom Yuho six Lamico guys are your bottom six guys six for a reason. Guy. No. Yes, he is. He's clearly no. a top six man. He's you know what? You know what? Brian you, you go. You go into NHL 22 and sim Yuho Lamico as a number one center and tell me what happens. Tell yeah. me what happens. He immediately just like, well, he went like, like his you development through, just skyrockets like, and all of a sudden he becomes like 88 overall. He's suddenly like rock. Let's see. Rocket Richard winner. Uh, like heart trophy. Con Smythe. Selkie. Oh, yeah. No, it's all of a sudden just the award winner. It's like those players, like in early NHL, like if you go into NHL 13 or 14, those like play, you go far into GM, far enough into GM mode. Those just like random generated players are like winning every award possible. Like everyone, except uh, the ones that are position based. Hey, the Jim Rutherford teams have survived on Mark Donks and Buzz Flibbits for years. This is just, (laughs) you know, Lamico is just the next, the next evolution in that. The next step. Yeah, the next step. The next step. He is the he is the uh, the evolving Pokemon here. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, your your uh, uh, who was it that was great for the Penguins for like one year? Um, you're like um, oh god, uh, your Connor Sherry has ah, evolved Connor into Sherry, a Yuho yes. Lamico. Like that's exactly what it I is. I thought we were right? gonna talk about like um, I mean, Brian, the... there's, there's Brian Russ, Brian I mean, Russ, Jay, and Jake Gensel Jake wasn't Gensel. necessarily that was super highly. I I mean, I think he was higher. Like rank, he wasn't like a first overall, like a first rounder or anything. He was he a late was first like, rounder or a second rounder, I thought. Something like that. But um, yeah. Oh, the other one is Evan Rodriguez. But when you're uh, playing with Crosby and Malkin, <laughs> like you're just gonna you're gonna your game might go up to another level. And he was playing like first line level when they were both injured. So, you know, maybe that's just what happens when you're thrown to, with some of the greatest players ever thrown into a line with them. So I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and and then they're, they're very smartly just like, all right, we're not going to give you a contract extension because you're too expensive. Now that you've won championships, <laughs> uh, enjoy Buffalo. And then yeah. Buffalo, See and then mm-hmm. Buffalo. Yeah. Poor, uh, I feel bad for like those players in those cases where it's like, God, they got their, like, they got their they they secured the bag, but at what mm-hmm. cost? Like it's one of those things. Where like God, oh no! Like it's just one of it's it. Yeah, oh, God. The but you know, Yuhalamico. I think uh, give him a give him give him a pre like the Zach Parise. Give him the Zach mm-hmm. Parise contract. I think yeah. it's pretty clear that he's deserving. Um, him and uh, God, who was it the other day that I was like that Lamico? It, it might have been just might have been just Mott. Where I'm like, give them both just like the Parise suitor matching contract yeah i know it was monolamico dollars highmore was playing really good on that line too you can't you can't take him out of the equation i guess 
Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. What? Then you just have Matthew Highmore, who's very good. <laughs> Matthew yeah. Highmore has been better than I anticipated. I yeah, no, I surprised. He's the lineup he again was, after his injury. But he's a no, decent he's uh, bottom well. six player, I would say. Like I was, you know, when they traded that trade for Goddard for Highmore, I was very much. No, I don't want to say against it. I was very concerned about I was. You know, what that was meant. Meaning, I was against Canucks. that. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, Goddard's on the Sens now, so it doesn't really matter with him not being on Chicago. So, no. you know, oh we'll yeah, it goes. Yeah, you got the other couple got, things uh, flipped over there. Yeah, the other couple things worth mentioning before we get out of here is yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jonah Gachevich scored his first NHL goal. It Woo! was good for him. Good for good him. For I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know necessarily what would have happened if the Canucks had managed to keep him. Especially because like there's so many things like that happened like right before the off the season started. Yeah, that I just wonder about. Like, imagine if like they had like fired everybody like a month earlier or like two mm-hmm. months earlier, like before the season started or something. And they started with, they started the year with Jim Rutherford and this and Patrick Alvin in this front office, how much of that would be different? Like would Jonah Gadjevich still be here? Would they have done something else? But like, there are so many thick questions that I'm dying to know the answer to, but either way, but we'll never mm-hmm. will. But either yeah. way, uh, good for Jonah Gadjevich. He scored his first initial goal. It almost got called back. It wasn't a very pretty goal, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You got the first one. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, just really quickly, like talk, like we talked a little bit, speaking of like uh, former guys who played in Utica, uh, Thatcher mm-hmm. Demko, there was a great article on Canucks army today, mm-hmm. um, uh, from a, uh, where, uh, quads, um, uh, trans transcribed a, uh, a segment from another podcast, uh, whose name I will not be giving any sort of branding to, yeah. uh, where, but, uh, Thatcher Demko talked about how he got robbed at gunpoint in Utica. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, how is this? Story. Like some people, like I asked myself immediately, how has this never been told? And then I remembered, Oh yeah, they were in Utica. So <laughs> none of the Canucks writers who might've been able to ask them did. Questions, so it's like, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like you don't think to ask that because you're not there every day, which is why, again, it's so much it's so great that they're in Abbotsford. Oh, my God. I'm not going to spoil too much about the article itself because it's wonderful and you should go read it. And it's definitely not because I get paid to write there. So you should go (laughs) check out my work, my my uh, my the place that I work. Mm. But oh, my God. It's a (laughs) very, very good read. And every time you think it's going to get you, you think it's you think it's. You think it's crazy already, and then it gets even crazier, and you're just like, "Oh my god, uh, it's wild that yeah. it's wild that this has never come out to a degree." It, it's definitely wild that this has never come out, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, it's really good though. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a wild story." Thank, like, good lord, like he, he thought on his feet though. He thought on his he he thought as best as he could on his feet, considering he was like, I guess he was like in his boxers, like in his pajamas, like, mm-hmm. oh god, like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that's got to be so scary. Um, Jacob, it has been a pleasure having you as always. Uh, Thank you. Where can if the people have not yet heard of you and your many Botchford Project related exploits by now, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at JKMNEW, JKM New on Twitter, as I said, and Instagram, Jacob KM New. And there's periods in between Jacob KM and New. I'm over explaining this. Also, before I go, speaking of fellow Botchford Project recipients, we want to mention a quick shout out to those that just were announced yesterday. Oh, as yeah, the next that's right. I about that. So that was Trent Leaf of Stadium Chinatown. There was, I think, 
uh, Isabella. Um, Isabella, uh, who works at Canucks Army with me. She works so, at Canucks yeah. Army. And then there was, uh, I think, Daniel, who works with, who has worked with J.D. Burke at Elite Prospects, I thought. That's right. That's right. So uh, I, I want to also yeah. get some army he, stuff, he's I done quite a bit of stuff yeah. yeah so i'm i'm really happy he's got the experience i want to give a shout out to them i don't know if they're listening but i'm really excited for them i briefly chatted with trent on twitter nice. uh but yeah no i'm really excited for them we wish them all the best maybe we can talk to them you know going forward once they're had their experience but yeah we're yeah. super happy for them great that the project's going ahead again so yeah i still have yeah. to get i still have to get uh 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 madeline on and uh yeah. and adam on here well yeah, yeah. Yeah, I probably could get them on pretty easily. Yeah, eventually. Uh, I mean, originally the plan was to get all three of you on at the same time, but that is that's a that's a hard thing to do. And a hard one I am, in this day and that's age. A, that's a hard yeah. That's a hard thing to to plan out, especially without like studio space to do it. So, mm -hmm. uh, but other 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 than that, um, for myself, you can go check out my writing work at CanucksArmy.com. I write there pretty frequently. Uh, you can check out, uh, the, make sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the creasecast. If you really enjoyed the show, we have $1 and $5 tiers for the five in the $5 tier. I do Pacific division power rankings every week. Uh, I missed a couple, but I've, I have re I have, um, gone back in, wrote one for those and then wrote another, and then I'm writing another one this week. So it's like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting caught up a little bit, but then after this, it's going to be coming out accurately on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, if you make sure to go check out our Twitter, our Twitter page on uh, our Twitter page at the Creasecast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Creasecast, where I do weird hockey related streams sometimes. Like yeah. rank jerseys. We did, I rank we did outdoor hey, jerseys. You did week. outdoor jerseys. We did the gold medal game with the That's right. women at the Olympics. I was a guest right. on that for a little bit. That was fun. And if you miss that stream, you can go check it out in full on our YouTube yeah, channel. Go if, relive, you're not, if you're listening to glory this, days. Yeah, go check out the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications whenever we post a new episode. Obviously, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or uh, wherever you listen to your to your to this show. Um, Cody is not here today, but if he were here, he would tell you to go check out ahlnoxharvest.com, where you can find all of his uh, lovely Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, content and uh, adv and advanced statistics into what the AHL team is doing, and you can all and you can and you can find him on Twitter at Cody Severson. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lock of the Crease. And that is it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, new show on Friday. We'll be back. Until then, take care. Bye. Bye.